Hungry Howie's knows there's nothing better than pepperoni pizza, but the question is, which pepperoni reigns supreme? Now, you got the crispy, classic cupped pepperoni, you know, the satellite dishes, big fan. But why choose one when you get both? They got a pepperoni duo coming up. See, this is more up my alley right here. Pepperoni duo, you're getting the classic cup pepperoni, plus the original, plus 100% real cheese, unlike a lot of these other places around town. Get a large pepperoni duo, $9.99, only at Hungry Howie's. You realize we spend a third of our life sleeping? I know, stuck in traffic was a good guess, too. But now that you know you sleep so much, why aren't you sleeping on the most comfortable mattress arguably made in America? A brand new iComfort Eco by Serta. It's supportive and designed to keep you cool, comfortable, and feeling restored. Or check out Serta's perfect sleeper for pressure-relieving comfort and support while maintaining a balanced temperature. Serta mattresses made right here in Michigan, and they have been for over 110 years. Go to Serta.com. Find a retailer near you. That's Serta.com. Cash the Ticket, a Mike Valenti podcast. All right, we come to you on, oh God, what time? I'm in a time warp. It is <laughs> Thursday morning breakfast, so we can get this to you by lunch. Uh, i tell you another thing. What is it with people in this office? Oh, you're here early. Yeah, it's only the ninth <laughs> week in a row on Thursday at breakfast that we're here knocking the pot out. Every week. Every Whoa, week. Whoa, what are you doing here? Oh, I don't know. I'm here for my goddamn health. No, we're here to deliver cash to ticket and get it out by lunchtime. What is it with these people? I, I got here around nine thirty today, and I walked in, and, and the same couple people, and they they I, they didn't say it with like a smirk on their face or with like a no, it's like, like a, a naive thing. It wonderment. Just, yeah, they just go, oh, oh, you're here. You, are you guys doing the podcast or something? You're here pretty early. I'm like, yeah, no, we we do cash a ticket at this time every week. Yeah, it's only nine weeks in a row now. Right. All right. Um. I mean, let's jump in. I got a couple of, of topics to get into before we get into plays. Uh, first, the recap. I went six and four last week, three and one college football. You know, the NFL just couldn't get over to hump three and three. But college, I feel like I'm I'm kind of seeing the board really well. I mean, the last three weeks, Mike, I think that's 13 and five mm-hmm. in college football. So I feel good about that. Um, winner on the weekend, winner overall record. I don't know. I feel all right with it. The NFL's tough, though. Um, where were you at last week? I was, uh, so last week was tough, man. I was 5-2 and two in college. Wow. 5-2 and two in college, 0-3 oh in the NFL. Yeah, I'm telling I mean, you. I just can't fucking hit these NFL games. I, and I lost, I lost one NFL game by a point. I lost an over-under by half a point with the yep. Cowboys. Yeah. It's, it's crazy, but these college games I've been nailing, especially, um... That you know, obviously, I loved my Illinois pick last week. That was the story of the weekend. That was crazy. Well, look, but you see, you're leading me into something, and it's a everybody wants NFL picks. The problem is the NFL is the toughest league to make money. Anyone who tells you otherwise is a liar. And it's really the thing about it. Now we're at a point in the NFL week eight where Mike, there's enough data out there where Vegas is adjusting. These projection models are adjusting. Um, the sample size, it, it, it translates into sharper, smarter numbers that are harder to find value, if it, whether you're betting the favorite or the, the, the underdog, and really numbers that are just taking away advantage on both ends. You're turning your shit into a coin flip, and that's how you always lose. I, that's where I guess I start this week. I mean, I'm going to be open with people. There may be slates here on out that I... I like a lot, and and you guys can can listen back to the pod. You can 
Certain weeks, I bet more than others. I mean, a couple weeks back, there were six total picks. I mean, Mm -hmm. uh, the next week, there was like 10, and I went seven and three. But like, this is a week, I got to be honest, Mike, the board is brutal. And the NFL one. Yeah. See, this is where... I struggled with looking at that, too. This is where, I got to be honest, I'd love to discuss a gambling sabbatical. And by (laughs) sabbatical, I mean one week. (laughs) I don't want to bet the NFL well, this week. Here's one. I hate this card. Let me let me tell you, you know, see if you've noticed this too. Because one of my biggest takeaways when I was looking at this these NFL games this week, I feel like this year more than ever, I have never seen in the NFL so many double digit point spreads. We have games that have been 14, 17, mm-hmm. so many uh, countless ten and a half spreads. I've, it seems like this year more than ever, the, these point spreads, I never remember the spreads being this into the, this many games in the double digits. Usually right. it's not that high. Right. No, I, Mike, listen, you have a lot of bad teams. Mm-hmm. Uh, you got a couple teams that could be That's historically it. bad. Um, and then you add a team like you know Atlanta, who is shockingly quit with a coach who's going to get fired. You're right. It's, it's top-heavy. But look, I, for me, I would just tell people whether you just, you know, obviously, if you're playing, you can do whatever the hell you want. I'm not your daddy. Um, if you've been listening to the pod, I'd like to think we, we've done a decent job for you. I, I know what my picks are. I know the record. I know they're all out there. Hey, man, no one's getting rich doing this. Like, I don't know anyone who can. You'll have hot streaks. You'll have cold streaks. I've been hot lately. It's going to end. <laughs> what I would tell you is be very careful this week. And moving forward, I, I think if a game isn't one of those, I'm automatically playing it, don't play it. Because, look, if Vegas is not in the business of helping you. These books are not in the business of helping you. They're in the business of sharpening their knife as the season goes along and plunging it into your back. So you got to try somehow to find some value. Look, there's a reason is really, really hard to even make a cent on this. So I would just say be careful. I know myself. I'm going to try to streamline plays. Maybe there's one week couple weeks from now. And I just love the board. Oh, I'll go nuts. But Mike, I'm telling you, this weekend, both on Saturday and Sunday, and, and hell, I would throw Thursday and Friday, and I don't even like the weeknight games. Yeah. The weeknight games are just, I'm like, what am I doing here? Mike, this is a week. I, I would love to take a Sunday sabbatical. Yeah. But I can't do it because it's we do the pod. I well, have to deliver. Might, I got to deliver picks. It might just be one of those weeks where there's not ten or eleven picks. You know, it's it's no, oh, those th- weeks. Mike, hap- those weeks happen. Ten or eleven. Try five or six. <laughs> All right, let's get into it. I guess. Um, let me start one thing. I I I don't apologize for picks, but when I when I am so, I, I have such conviction with certain picks, like. You guys know that if I like something, I like it. And you're going to play it. You're going to play the same amount of money, and that's it. But then amongst the ones you're picking, there's always going to be a favorite. It's like I don't believe people with kids don't have a favorite kid. There has to be a kid power rank. Mathematics, 51%, they do. Okay. They have to. Well, I, I had a pick I loved last week, and it happened to be the one on Saturday I missed. I go 3-1, and one, and my favorite pick aces out. And it's it's always smart, too, is if you're, if you're really trying to – Learn about this stuff and, and, and again, try to get, quote unquote, good at this stuff. Mm -hmm. I always like looking at, like, what did I do wrong here? And I I think what I did wrong with Oklahoma State, minus four, against Baylor, I fell in love with the situation 
I fell in love with the perception of the sharp side, and I think I fell in love with bye week, unranked, at home, ranked team underdog. And I, I basically ignored what your eyeball should tell you is Baylor is better than Okie State. Now, again, I'm sitting there with Okie State. I'm up three later stages of the game, and then Baylor rips off 21 straight. So it, it, takes a, it takes a game where I was still in the mix. I think the cover was in question, clearly. Uh, the quarterback play from Sanders and Okie State was just very substandard, lots of mistakes. Baylor took away Chuba Hubbard, and I think I glossed over it, and I went, well, Chuba's good enough, he'll pop one or two. And he, and he did, but not not like I thought. I mean, a 30-yard 30, a 30 run is not popping one for seven. Yeah. Um, it just sucks because that was the one I liked best, settled in to watch it, and you go, wait a minute, are you telling me this is the one I'm going to get wrong? So I always like going back and looking at why did I get it wrong? And I, I think for me... You can look at, okay, where's the money going? You can look at the situation. And I know you love trends. And and, and yep. I'm sure you probably had one for the game where you go, Mike, you know, unranked team, favored over a ranked team. They're at home. They're off a bye. This is, this is what's happened over the last 20 matchups. And I think you fall in love with it and you start to ignore some of the there are human beings playing this game angle. Oh, but of course. It happened there. And I'll tell you a game a couple weeks back. I did the same shit. I had Ole Miss in a pick'em, or maybe plus one, against Cal. And Ole Miss was at home. Uh, Cal is ranked. You know, they, they, they were coming off, I think it was a big win, and there was a stat out there that in those games, um, you know, the, the home unranked team was like 18-1 and one over their last 19. And you look at it and you go, wait a second. Yeah, I mean, it's an SEC team, an early kickoff in the swamp, but still, come on now. Cal's defense is legit. We don't know who the quarterback is for Ole Miss. It's just one of those, I love trends. They make you feel better. Sometimes they can cost you. So I, I do feel bad. I hope people take my advice that, A, just just play every game the same way. Don't don't make one game more than the other. You get yourself in trouble. So if you just played the games, cool, you were 3-1. and one. Who gives a shit? But, yeah, man, that that sucked. That's always the balance with trends, though, man. Like, yeah, you look at trends and you think, okay, there, there's a reason why it's like this. Clearly something, this isn't just a coincidence. But then at the same time, you also have to balance that out with thinking to yourself, what happened uh, 16 years ago isn't with different no, players, different relevant. coaches, isn't relevant to these two teams. So it's it, it, they're useful, but you got to weigh the trends versus the eyeball test versus, uh, you know, current stats and all that. All right, let's rip through these. Um, no, if you're wondering, I'm not betting my pretty ponies, the uh, SMU Mustangs. We they, they did the job for us last week. That's the beauty, though, is when you, get, when you do some picks and you literally kick the shit out of the team. And it's you could close your eyes. SMU destroyed Temple last week. Um, no, I'm not touching them at Houston. Line is funky. Probably Houston being a little bit undervalued, but I, I just can't trust the team who's got players openly sitting out. Nope. Um, redshirting for next year for no reason. I, I just I think SMU off that big dub, going on the road. I, if you forced me, it'd be Houston, but I'm staying away. USC Colorado, no thank you. 
Appy State, USA, no thank you. Uh, it brings us into Saturday's card, Mikey. If you don't have anything on Thursday or Friday, let's No, move. please, I don't. All right, um, Saturday, I want to start out with the Degenerate Bowl because I'm, I'm thinking of doing something I don't want to do, but it's become quite a news story this week. Rutgers is a 7.5-point underdog yeah. to Liberty. Unbelievable. That's a Big Ten team being underdog to Liberty. Um, Rutgers is so bad. Well, here's the problem, though, Mike. And when I see stuff like this, it it gives me pause. Now, look, Liberty is a a, a popular pick here, all right? I mean, 70% of the bets are out there, but here's the problem. It's only half the money. About 30% of bets are on Rutgers, but the big bets, they're on Rutgers. And I'm actually pondering playing Rutgers here. Now, I Mm. know. They've only scored 14 points total their last four games. They've been absolutely dreadful. They look completely outmatched. Uh, when you look at Rutgers, here's the one thing I would tell you. And, and I, people are going to go, Jesus Christ, they got to get these guys into rehab. Guys, you're playing numbers here and stuff. When you look at Rutgers, okay, and you look at their schedule, tell me what you see here. Now, I want to pull this up, and I want to make sure I am nice and accurate for you. Okay, here we go. So the opener. They beat UMass. UMass one of the worst teams in America. But the offense function, they scored 48. Now, they play Iowa. Do we think Iowa's a top 30 team in America? Yes? Uh, yeah, border, okay. yeah, borderline. Yeah. They get shut out. Offense can't function. They play BC. BC, not a great team. They're certainly not uh, Liberty terrible. Uh, they lose 30-16. to 16. They play Michigan. Now everyone, a 52 to Bagel. They play a Maryland team who's a bowl team, 48-7. They play Indiana, who may win eight games this year. They lose 35-0, and they play Minnesota, who's undefeated. I know they haven't played much. My point is Minnesota is a solid football team. They lose 42-7. What's important about that? When they play teams that are objectively good and they play teams that are headed to a bowl game, they can't function. Nope. But when they've played the two teams on their schedule that, that might not go to a bowl, I mean, UMass is horrible. They're, they're absolutely atrocious. They were fine, right? They didn't embarrass themselves. I'm not going to turn Liberty into the Pittsburgh Steelers. I think this is something where <sighs> I, I hate betting on horrible teams. But don't you feel like this has gotten a little out of control with Rutgers? That it's just a little, I mean, Liberty? Well, yeah. I mean, who who is Liberty? Liberty is famous for two things. Jerry Falwell invented the school, and Hugh Freeze coached from a goddamn hospital bed in a yeah, coaching right. booth. All right? right? That's what they're famous for. And when you look at Liberty, and you go, all right, look, I know early in the year they spent uh, you know two seconds on this show when they were playing Syracuse, and we talked about Liberty being a little dangerous, and Hugh Freeze is, you know, an offensive guru. Look, here's Liberty. They went out, they got blanked by a bad Syracuse team, twenty-four bagel. And I think they've won five in a row after that, right? Uh, no, they lost also to Louisiana, but here they go. They play Buffalo. Yep, thirty-five seventeen. They play Hampton. I mean, it doesn't even count, but 62-27. They play a dreadful New Mexico team, 17-10. Play a bad New Mexico State team. I don't know how a team from South Carolina gets both New Mexico teams on the schedule. Uh, 20-13. Then they played Maine. And they win uh, 59-44. Mike, Mm. it's the opposite of Rutgers. 
I mean, they haven't played a team that's going to make a bowl since I would have to check on Buffalo. I, I, I'm being upfront with you. I don't know Buffalo's record. But, like, Louisiana would be the last team that could compete for a bowl, maybe Syracuse. Yeah. I think it's absurd that Liberty is giving seven and a half. And as funny as it is, maybe Liberty wins. But I got to be honest with you. Are you going to play this one? I'm going to take Rutgers. Nice. I, I, I think this is just one where it's gotten carried away. See, I, I love the, uh, the the big opinion on it. I love the outside the box type game. I can't scared I, money don't I make money. I, 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 you know, I have some for you that I think you might be surprised at this week. But yeah. I I can't do it just because I I hate Rutgers. Right. They're so bad. Let me ask you this. But question. it is it is laughable though. You're right because we even talked about it uh, a couple days ago. The early line for the Rutgers Ohio State game is fifty and a half points. But that's it's gotten crazy. But but let me let me ask you this question. <laughs> Doesn't it from the outside looking in look too easy? Rutgers can't score. Rutgers is an embarrassment. Oh my God, Liberty's coming in favor. Yeah. Doesn't it look too easy to just take Liberty? But when you dig into the when you dig into it, Liberty hasn't played it to, like Rutgers would beat New Mexico. No, I hear State. you. It's, it's well researched. No I mean, doubt. I, I, I it's probably a terrible play. I gotta be honest with you. Seven and a half. Give me Rutgers. No, I like it. I, I love mean, the if, play. If Rutgers gets beat by double digits by Liberty. It, it, they'll go. This this honestly has a yep. chance for them to be the worst team, arguably, Ever. in Division One history. <laughs> this is unreal. All right, I've spent enough on that. I, you can pass. I probably should, but I feel like digging into it. I feel like it's it's a decent idea. Mm-hmm. All right, give me a play for you. Yeah, let me uh, let me offer you one. I always like to give you one uh, one big underdog, one big favorite. Um, but I want to look at that Maryland Minnesota game. Maryland plus 16 and a half against mm-hmm. Minnesota. Now look, I think that, that PJ Fleck has obviously done a nice job at Minnesota. I, I think that the record is a little they're a little overhyped. I certainly think Minnesota wins this game, but I've been high on Maryland since the preseason. I think Maryland covers this. I think they can keep it within 16 and a half. I think it's it's also going to be interesting to see if it crosses that threshold line of 17. But I like Maryland to to keep it in check enough to cover against Minnesota. Um, Problem for Maryland, too, is Pigram's terrible. Um, Backup QB. Josh Jackson wasn't very good when he was there. You know, you look at Maryland first couple games of the year, they exploded. I I happened to watch a good amount of that Indiana-Maryland game last week. Indiana lost Penix. They had Ramsey. I thought Indiana ended up should have won that game by more. Um, you're right. It's an inflated number, Mike. And maybe and hey, maybe I'm walking into it, and Minnesota is just going to absolutely tear them to shreds, and and PJ Flex can continue this run. But I think I think Minnesota wins. Maryland covers them. Okay, Mike, I'm not going to make fun of it. Um, let me take you to one of the bigger games of the week, and it's one I may actually play here. Um, by the way, you know, you told me. People said they wanted late ads and late takeaways. Yeah, we did that on the Instagram. Well, right. So why do you tell me people have a problem that I took a play off the board? Well, all right, it's my bad. I didn't play it. Well, okay, here you want ten bucks. <laughs> oh well, he should he should pay the juice. Okay, here <laughs> oh, yeah. I'll I'll pay the juice. Like straight up, it was a, a game I decided to wait on. I didn't play it. And I didn't want to screw over people who listen to the pod. So I said, you know what? I haven't played it yet. I need to take that pit away. I need to take it away for people who are going to listen to the pod. So I took it away. And oh, by the way, dicks, it won. It won anyway. So like, really? I mean, people just find a reason to jump your ass. It's I, I don't get it. Hey, where's our review of the week for the shitheads who are like, oh, I fade this thing and bought a mansion. How's that working for you, dick? <laughs> I mean, it's just like... 
It blew my mind. You're like, yeah, a couple people were bitching about it. I'm going, what? Yeah, I saw that one about For the, having the, the honesty. The juice. Right. Well, come, so, okay, come on, To people. have the honesty to pull it because I hadn't played it yet? Fuck you. <laughs> Sorry. All right, let's go to Michigan to Notre Dame. Oh, I thought you were going to do Ohio State, but okay, Michigan's good too. No, I'll tell you what. You want to start with the OSU Can we game? talk about Ohio State for a minute? Do it. I, I Look, I am in such, and I'm going to bet OSU here, I am in such... Prove me wrong mode with OSU right now. In the yep. back of my head, do I know that one of these weeks I'm bound to lose in Ohio State? Which, by the way, I haven't lost in Ohio State all year when I've bet them on this on this program. Sure, one of these weeks I probably will end up losing. But until then, I can't go against OSU. They are approaching a level where they are just running over teams. I cannot bet against them. I think they're going to play Wisconsin, and I know it's 14 and a half right now. Just close your eyes, take Ohio State. And watch them just absolutely run a train. Give and people, OSU. before you make fun of the kid, six and one. OSU is six and one against the number. Yep. And and, and it's it's guys Crazy. they're they're covering it by wide margins. It, oh, it's yeah. I, there was a stat the other day that it showed how many points they caught. Forget the exact number, damn it. But how many Ohio State is just the total number of points they're covering the spread by is just absolutely insane. Yeah. They showed that number after the Northwestern game. The problem I have is, look, it's clear Wisconsin was in a look ahead. And by the way, it's, it was a hell of a pick by you to take Illinois. Uh, you take a thirty-point dog who outright wins. You weren't just on the right side. I mean, you're you're doing the helicopter dance. Well, so good, I, good I knew you. I uh, had some inside information on that one. Oh, fuck off. No, I'm, I'm joking. Don't, don't play just, that card here. <laughs> I'm joking. I, um, I, I just I loved the pick, and I'm glad I know, it came and, through. And listen, you're going to take shit when you lose. You deserve credit when you win. That was a pick. I, I, I kind of raised an eyebrow, but yep. you were right. Um, what scares me is it was a clear look-ahead deal for Wisconsin. Is last week's performance enough to believe that they can't be competitive against Ohio State? And looking at the other side of it, is Ohio State good enough that, as as we just said, six and one against the number, and and really they are crushing. Yep. Um, and I highlighted it earlier before they had taken on, um, you know, Michigan State or or before they had quote played anyone. I said, guys, remember the Cincinnati game. Cincinnati's a solid bowl team. That's a good football team. That was a sixteen and a half point line. They beat them forty two nothing. I'm worried here because I can't gauge Wisconsin. There's a chance Wisconsin goes in pouty and they get their doors blown off. And maybe they just weren't that good, right? Michigan, we, we don't think Michigan's that great. We know MSU's not that great. And they didn't play anyone otherwise, but they dominated. Yep. But there's also a chance Wisconsin goes, look, goals are still in front of us. That was a Western Division loss. We take care of ours. We go to the Big Ten title game. We'll still get in. Um Mike, there's still a chance they line up, and they are every bit as good as we thought. I'm not playing it. I get why you're doing it. I think you're you're. I'm not going to argue the reasoning. I'm only giving people reasoning why yep. I'm staying away from it. I can't gauge what Wisconsin really is. Do I lean OSU here? I do, but I respect the hell out of Jim Leonard as a defensive coordinator. I think clearly that game will get his kids' attention, and OSU. Look, line it up, and when you look at OSU this year, it's very important to remember this. And I want to make sure I get the number. Hold on yeah, one and, second, Yeah, well, while guys. you're doing that, Ohio State, you mentioned 6 and ones. They've yeah, covered in it. every game except the opener. They're beating the spread each week by an average of 19 points. Yeah, 18.7 uh, plus-minus rate. Crazy. Yeah, that's crazy, isn't it? But, like, look, here's what I would ask you. Whose rushing attack on here would you say is good? Florida Atlantic, Cincy, Indiana, Miami, Ohio, Nebraska, MSU, 
fart noise and Northwestern. Mike, as much as I love that OSU front, as, as I've been effusive in my praise, this is one where they're going to see something they haven't seen. Mm-hmm. Now, if they take Wisconsin and crumple them up, Mikey. You're talking their number one team in America. Sure. No, you know, I don't think Wisconsin is as bad where they yeah. can't compete, but I still think OSU yeah, run. I'm going to stay away. But you're right. They're a freight train that I'm not sure anyone wants to even be near the tracks. I'm much not less jumping on the tracks. I'm not jumping in front of Ohio okay. State train right now. Play for you. Let's go to the Michigan Notre Dame game because I know I know people. Uh, you know, as I said, yeah. guys, we're going to try to improve this each week and and do the things you want us to do. A lot of people are like, I love the picks, but I want to hear more chatter about big games too and. I got to be honest, the big games are the toughest ones to bet. Um, but let, let's mix this in because there might be a play here. Uh, Michigan hosting Notre Dame opened up Michigan minus two and a half. And I think it surprised all of us. Uh, Michigan is now a one point underdog. This thing has crossed the bridge. Insane. Totally. Uh, 75% of the bets, 77% of the money. Um, everyone is on Notre Dame here. Now, let's start with Michigan. They took a step forward this past week. And there's no moral victories. You know, discussing Harbaugh and what he's done at Michigan is different than just discussing the team and what they displayed. They improved, got the offense going a little bit, found the short passing game, found the screen game, found an ability to move the football consistently, didn't turn it over, didn't make catastrophic errors. Uh, the only thing, the only person who made catastrophic errors was Harbaugh. The 58 yard field goal attempt was sure. asinine. Uh, punting from midfield was on fourth and short was ridiculous. Uh, the decision to challenge late was ridiculous. Michigan took a step. Now here's the problem. Is a step enough where they can go out and now do it again? See, consistency is what good teams do. You talk about OSU, you know what you're getting every week. They come out, they take their opponent to pound town, you know what you're going to get. I still don't know if I can trust Michigan. Now, on the flip side, Notre Dame has been featured heavily on this podcast. I think I've done a good job betting with them and against them. They come off the bye week. Love that. Bye weeks matter, especially if you have good coaching. Notre Dame, I, I don't like what I've seen. I didn't like their performance against Virginia, where without the two Perkins fumbles that were just killers for Virginia, Notre Dame doesn't win that game. And against USC... You saw USC in the second half really get it going, um, isolating certain matchups, taking some shots, finally getting Pittman involved. I know ND won the game. You got to remember, a certain somebody had USC getting 11 and a half high right mm-hmm. here. That was a winner. What I saw in those two games leaves the door open here. And the further we get from Notre Dame's performance against Georgia, We learned that Georgia isn't as good as we thought. And I kind of wonder, when you look at this series, the home team, I think, has won eight in a row. And I could double-check my notes, but I know I'm on the right side of this. The home team is 6-1 and against the spread, last seven, I think. So you're looking at something where if you want to back Notre Dame, you are running into some trends that aren't great, and you're going to bet on a Notre Dame team where defensively, I'm not sure I like their secondary against Michigan's wide receivers if Michigan's passing game was not a mirage last week. Remember, we all like the Penn State defense. We all like that front seven. Let me tell you this. They brought a lot of blitzes. 
They dialed up a ton of heat. I thought Michigan's offensive line, tight ends and running backs included in pass pro, uh, were fabulous. I thought all things considered, on the road, horrific environment. I thought Michigan's front was fabulous. If they're going to play that way, I don't know Notre Dame's going to get where they need to go defensively. Michigan at home is a different team. Mike, I'll be honest with you. When the line came out, I looked at it and I went, yep, Vegas is begging you, begging you to take Notre Dame Hmm. here. I, you know where my loyalties lie, but I don't let that that get in the way of of you know. Look, I bet Michigan a couple weeks ago, and won. I I really believe here this is another spot for Michigan. Mike, you can tell me I'm on the wrong side. I am a little scared. This has crossed the bridge to Michigan getting one from laying two and a half. But I think again at home may have found some things as long as they keep their head up from a brutal loss. And they band together. Um, look, this is a night game, national TV. If this were a different team, noon kick, wah, maybe they come out slow and they don't cover so a big number you against play Purdue. Michigan? I, I, for me, Mich- I, I, especially with the line, it's moved to, to plus one. Yeah, for Michigan. And, and, the, and, and the point doesn't, that doesn't mean as much as just the situation. Man, if Michigan loses this game, it turns into just a typhoon oh, of negativity. I mean, that's a whole, we could do a whole show on that. I, I like Michigan here. Well, and just to circle back what you were referencing, so Notre Dame, they're 0-4 against the spread their last four times at Michigan, and the home team is 5-0 and against the spread the last five meetings in this uh, this rivalry game. If you like trends, they're there. But, but here's the thing, Mike. It's I know you mentioned Harbaugh and, and how he made some some key mistakes. If anything, more that that's the guy that I can't trust in these types of games. Michigan's 1-12 against top 10 teams yeah. under Jim Harbaugh. They don't win these games. And more importantly, and I've been critical about Don Brown, Don Brown against good teams, against talented teams. I mean, Notre Dame's 8th in the country right now. What his defense does is they allow a, ha- a small handful of big plays right. against big teams. And that's the one thing when you when you can even I know the numbers try to get spun, but the the numbers are true. If you take out generally two to three, maybe four plays a game in these big games that Michigan plays, yeah. Michigan's defense is fine against good teams, but they always, always, always give up these huge critical plays in these big games, and that is on Don Brown. Um, I just I'm to a point where I, I absolutely cannot trust Michigan in this game, especially considering the one thing that I look at. Michigan turns the ball over like crazy. Notre Dame's the complete opposite. They're one of the best at taking it away. Yeah, Notre so Dame. I wouldn't I wouldn't touch this game. Notre Dame's ground game is really um, impressive, and it, I, I love what Chip Long has done because they'll, they'll operate some spread principles, but. You know, spread formation, I should say, with power principles. I mean, this O-line, it's become a real tradition, again, at Notre Dame, to have a big O-line, a good O-line. Look, um, the, the running back they got, number six, the kid out of Indianapolis, name escapes me, I apologize. Um, but, but I mean, power back, just a, this kid is a bowling ball. If they can get the running game going, Mike, all bets are off. There's no doubt about it. Now, Michigan in that Wisconsin game, uh, let me tell you, that, that that was the worst run D I'd seen at Michigan maybe in my life. Awful. But they actually held up quite well outside of uh, getting gashed up the middle twice. That's what it is in these against games. Against Penn it's, State. Yep. Mike, here's my problem. Ian Book against teams that we view as decent, he's not impressive. 
I mean, okay, against USC. I don't even think USC is special by any means, right? 17 of 32 for 165 yards. 5.2 a pop. Mm-hmm. Mike, that's not good. Uh, Georgia. And I'm not, I'm not going to rip the kid here. Let's not get carried away. He played well, but again, this is about can you play great uh, against Georgia? 28 of 47. Had the yardage, 275, but two picks, 5.9. You know, UVA, 17 of 25, 160. No touchdowns, no picks, didn't do much. Mike, in, in, in the better competition games, Ian Book is not showing another gear. And if you plan on going on the road and winning a game like this, not just playing close, you need your quarterback step up, be better than you know sixty percent completion, be better than five point eight a completion, yeah, and 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 have to go on a road. I mean, look, if you look at, at book, ten of his thirteen touchdowns come in two games, right? Bowling Green, who's a disaster, and New Mexico is a disaster. I like. I'm, I'm going to go with Michigan. Okay, I. I, I Mike, you know I'll be rooting for Notre Dame, but I, I, I can't let that bleed over into this is this is a back-against-the-wall spot for Harbaugh. He has to oh, get no this doubt. game. And I feel like we've said this a few times this year, but it's now more than ever. Give me a play for you. Yeah, so I, I gave you my uh, my big underdog, plus 16.5, which was Maryland. Uh, one of the favorites that I like, a little off-the-board degenerate type game, San Diego State, minus 13.5 huh? against UNLV. Oh my god. All right. Mike. I you know well it's, it's just simple it's simply looking into these games. I don't always like to play. We can talk about Auburn and LSU and Michigan Notre Dame and OSU. We can talk, we talk about those big games enough. But when I look at this game, the UNLV game, I really just think it's a game that San Diego State covers pretty easily. I think that outside of that Vanderbilt win that UNLV had, they've gotten absolutely drilled this year. I mean, you look at the 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 Results of these games 56 27 loss, 38 13, 53 17, 43 17. UNLV just gets drilled. I've sh- they've shown nothing, no ability to be able to cover a number like this. So that's a game that's kind of off the radar where I think you get some value. San Diego State minus 13 and a half. All right, let me give you a play for me. Um, I'm still reeling from Sully going with that last game of the day, like 11 o'clock at night on Saturday night. Check it out. Um, if you follow the pod, you know Temple's been a team that's been featured here. We've bet for them and against them. You you know how I, I do things. I think I've done a good job with Navy, good job with Temple, uh, good job with USC, BYU. There's certain teams I just have a feel for, certain teams I I can kind of ride that wave. And, and I think, again, we, we went against Temple last week. Now, this week, I'm going to go with them. Opened up eight-and-a-half-point dogs against UCF. It's now out to 11. And you're getting to a point with this number that I just, I can't abide. And it was interesting, when you dig into the numbers and, and you watch teams and you learn about them, a couple things. These two teams are, are the same. In that, at home, they are really, really good. UCF at home, you can't touch them. Yep. But when you get UCF on the road, that's where their two losses are. But beyond that, do you realize UCF on the road is barely completing 50% of their passes? It's like a 14% drop in completion rate. Yep. And UCF has used several quarterbacks. It's, you know, Gabriel, the unbelievably talented kid, uh, the ND transfer, Winbush has even gotten a few snaps. But my point is, UCF's going to Philly, going to take on Temple. Temple at home, uh, we had him as seven point dogs when they beat Maryland outright. And Temple at home is just a different team. They've covered every home game this year. There you go. And their defense is a big factor. Uh, look, 
as long as Temple's not hanging their head from getting trounced by SMU, I, I think this is one. You give me the home team. You give me the 11. UCF has to prove they can play better football on the road before you start just laying big numbers. And look, UCF to me, I still think people view them as, oh, UCF beats everyone 60 to 10 and they deserve to play for a national title. And we, they're not that team. I mean, I, I, I can't put it any any clearer, really. They're not that team. Well, and they also haven't covered uh, in their last four games at all. Not yeah. once. Yeah. No, I, w- I was actually pulling it up for you. And, and you're right. Three and four in the year. Oh, and four. Um, and, and really, when you look at just UCF in total, and I want to pull this up, and I hate this grid right now, and my head's about to explode. Uh, beep, up, beep, up, beep, up, beep. Yeah, on the road. Again, terrible against the spread. So, Mike, I'm going to take the 11. I'm going to take Temple. Not going to pick them to win the game, but I think they can stay in. I think they can frustrate. I think that defense is for real. Um, I'm going to take the 11. I'm going to take Temple. Cool. No, I like it. It's uh, it's always always a good feeling when you take an 11-point dog and the response from your co-host is, cool. No, I I seriously do. I I think that the trends speak for themselves. It's uh, UCF is... They sure they can go and win some games and whatnot, and I know, like you said, they're kind of a little overhyped, and people love them, and they're the underdog story. But they just have not done a good job covering it all. So, honestly, no, uh, no disagreement, or not even really, not even really any trends to kind of, kind of go the opposite, if anything. All right, I'm going to give you the game that is uh, basically the equivalent of Baylor Oklahoma State from last week, and whether I fall into this trap or not, it's Texas at TCU. Now, Texas yep. ranked going on the road. TCU offensively has been morbid. They're 107 in passing. Um, defensively, solid. Secondary's had a couple of bad performances against real teams. Has been dominant against those that aren't. So why is Texas only a one-point favorite? Well, Texas lost the Red River game. Followed that up with damn near losing to Kansas. Their defense damn near gave up 50 points. Uh, Texas is banged up like no other defensively. They're a bad unit. This is, look, is Texas a better team than TCU? Yes. So why are they only given one? See, this is one where if you believe in that system, if you believe in that angle, and again, Texas, a public monster. Oh, absolutely. 82% of the tickets, 77% of the money, yet the lines only moved a point. I think it's TCU here. And the problem is, T- Texas's secondary is a disaster, both injury-wise and talent-wise. TCU's one of the 20, 30 worst teams in the game passing the football. They're not good yards per completion. They're not good in yards total. Mike, talk me out of it. No, I, I like TCU as well. I, I That was actually one of the picks I was going to do, and I saw that it was on your sheet too. Um, it, I think it might surprise some people, even though Texas has been bad, uh, recent memory, but the last five times they've played, Texas has only covered once. So I'm not saying this is some rivalry game or whatever. No, but, but for TCU, but it, 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 it is. is. They all, TCU always steps up in this game for when they TCU, play. For TCU, this is a big deal. Texas believes they don't care. They go, who the hell are these horny toads from TCU. down the road? This is a Super Bowl for TCU, and they're debuting their Blood Frog jerseys. Yeah. Wait, do you, wait, do you catch a look at these? I like TCU here. Uh, I'm probably walking right back into the issue I did last week with Okie State and Baylor, but I just feel like this looks too easy. It usually is too easy, and all the indicators for me, 
I'm going to go with TCU, close my eyes, and hope. Well, I'm that's right. the thing. The easy thing to do is just to take Texas. Oh, that's the team. I mean, yeah. it, that's that's it has to say something that the line is this yeah. small. Well, and you would think the amount of action on Texas would have moved it a little more, and it hasn't. So I'm going to go with TCU. Um, plays for me in college. It's a limited card, but I'm going to go Michigan. Um, getting one. I'm going to go TCU. Uh, getting two. I'm going to go Temple. Getting eleven, and. That's it. Yeah, it's Michigan. Rutgers? TCU, Tampa. Oh, my God, yes. Yeah, I Rutgers. played Rutgers. I'll take Rutgers getting seven and a half. Those, that's it for college All underdogs guys. for you this week. Well, it's back to form. Back, hey, last, back la- to uh, last week. I usually do, yeah. Let me ask you a question. How'd my favorites do last week? They dropped bombs. Yeah. I mean, those games were over. Navy? Money in the bank. Yeah. Money in the bank. I'll tell you one thing. Be careful with that game this week. Uh, I was looking at Navy Tulane. Be careful. Yeah. There are some people who are laying some big money who like Tulane. I would be very careful there. You know I love my middies. I love my service academies. Be very careful there. All right, Mikey, your plays on Saturday. We get to Sunday. Yeah, Maryland plus 16.5. OSU not stepping in front of that train. Minus 14.5. San Diego State in the -the off-the-board selection. Minus 13.5 against UNLV. Um, Also, I'm going to add Auburn LSU over 58. I think this game has 34-28 written all over it. Uh, And TCU plus 1.5. All right. Um... Big powers at it again, leaving people in the dark. How many of you are messing around with flashlights and candles like idiots during power outages? Stop it. Don't do it anymore. Go solar. Power Home Solar makes it easy to switch to solar by hooking you up with battery storage with your installation so there's no more searching for a flashlight when big power leaves you in the dark. And make no mistake, big power company, they don't give a damn about you. It'll leave you in the dark for four days. You think they care? Number one residential solar provider is Power Home Solar. 30-year warranty on the American-made panels that they install. You will own your power, not just rent it from the power company. So get it done. They've installed panels at Ford Field and Allen Park. They're the official sponsor of the Lions. If solar's right for you, you think it might be right for you, go to powerhome.com. That's powerhome.com or give them a call today, 1-800-SOLAR-15. That's 1-800-SOLAR-15. Schedule your free solar consultation today. Don't rent your power. Own it with help from Power Home Solar. Sunday in the NFL, we can start with Thursday night. I try to give people a Thursday nighter as they love the action, but guys, uh, number-wise, Washington's getting 16.5. It looks juicy. It sounds great. Minnesota, maybe a little bit of a letdown spot. They've played out of their skin good the last couple weeks, I think if you're doing it, you go Washington. Uh, I, I'm I'm not touching. No, this. another huge spread. I, it's ridiculous. I have no interest in watching it. I have no interest in playing it. Um, I think it would be Washington or pass. I'm passing, but Mike, if you have a word, go for it. No, it's it's just laughable how big these point spreads have been. It goes to show you the how bad some of these teams are in the NFL. Yeah. I absolutely cannot trust the Redskins in this one or the Vikings to cover this much. I don't have a good feel for it. Redskins, they've only covered once their last six games. It's just a pass for me. I just look the other way. One of my favorite only games I really liked on this board, the number is off the board right now. It opens Seattle minus three and a half, traveling to Atlanta. Atlanta has quit. The status of Matt Ryan is up in the air. This is one where if I decide to play it, Sully will update the Instagram at Valenny Podcast and tell you if it's a play. I don't know the number, guys. It was three and a half when it disappeared. I would assume if Ryan doesn't play, it would probably go to six and a half. I don't know how you take Atlanta. I don't. 
This team has just absolutely laid down and died. And you're telling me that if Matt Schaub is somehow under center, that they're going to take on a Seattle team who's probably pretty pissed from dropping a home game last week. Two rare turnovers for Seattle, and Baltimore turned them into 14 points. Game over. It's off the board, so it's not fair for me to say play it, so I'll move on. But keep your eye on the Instagram at Valenti Podcast. That may be an addition once I get a number to work with again. No, absolutely. Well, I'm going to wait on that as well. You know, I love Russell Wilson, especially especially on the road. He's actually been surprisingly really good covering on the road this year, but I'm just going to wait too. All right, Denver travels to my gritty, gutty, resilient Colts. <laughs> and again, they did it for me again and won us money last week. This is a spot Sully always makes fun of me because I really don't like favorites, especially in the NFL. Um to me, I don't think you've lost on the Colts all year. There's got to be a spot where they just well, this will be where they shit the you, bed then. Where, when where, where they just uh, you blank know, maybe face, surprise, blank face zombie Joe Flacco beats me. But yeah, right, Mike. It's Indianapolis. It opened up at four and a half. Time of taping, it's six. I like the Colts. I think Denver is a bad football team. They are going to go on the road. They're going to play a rock solid Colts team. That look, Frank Reich is quickly becoming one of the better coaches in football. He is quickly becoming one of the best offensive minds in football. And when are we going to stop saying, you know, Jacoby in in, in replacing Andrew Luck or, or filling in for Andrew Luck, Jacoby Brissett is becoming a quarterback who can stand on his own two feet and go, no, I'm Jacoby Brissett. Fuck Andrew Luck. Like, I'm a starter in this oh, yeah. league. Absolutely. And I'm at least an above-average starter. Denver has shown no life. That was a disgusting performance on Thursday. I feel I feel dirty for having thought they would compete against Kansas City, back against the wall. And then Mahomes gets hurt, and they get drilled. I just think Indy at home, I got to win by seven. How is Denver going to go on a road and line up against this team who is solid on both sides of the ball? They're going to take away the running game from you. You know what you're getting offensively. And I think there's a touch of quit in the Broncos. I think there's just that little bit in the back of their minds where they're going, you know what, fuck this. Hmm. And to me, probably a square play. They can't all be sharp. I like Indy minus the six. You know, let's do one of our bottle bets on this one. You're going to take zombie face Joe Flacco. And let me explain why. Mike, I I understand the point about giving up, but I think that happens maybe next game because I think this is a total make or break game for the Broncos. They just got popped thirty to six against the Chiefs, but the Broncos go into this game. They're looking at it like this: Hey, if we beat the Colts, then we have the Browns, then we have a bye week. Okay, if they can win these two games in this division, they're only one game behind the Raiders for second in the division right now and three games back of the Chiefs who are obviously struggling. You don't know what the hell's going on with them. This is the last stand for the Broncos. This is a total desperation game for the Broncos because if they lose this, their season literally is over. If they win it, they're going to try to to snowball into into something positive before the bye. I think it's going to be such a close game. Uh, towards the end. That's what I'm saying. If, if it's a close game, which I expect it to be back and forth, I'll just take Denver with the points on it. You know, and look, my problem with Denver, the defense just has not lived up. This defense just does not make the splash plays. Von Miller does not look like the same player. And I don't know if that is just... If that's just him uh, regressing, if it's him not wanting to be there, I don't know what it is, but he hasn't been good. Chubb's out for the year. Chris Harris is in the media talking about getting traded. I'm going to take the Colts' latest six. Cool. Uh, go ahead, Mike. Give me another play. 
Yeah, so uh, this one I really want to get your opinion on because it's a kind of a big spread, and maybe I'm walking into this here. But let's look at the Saints game. Cardinals-Saints. Uh, 10.5 right now. I like the Cardinals getting 10.5. I know it's on the road. I, I know that people talk about how tough it is to play uh, in New Orleans, but I, I, I just think it's a spot where the Cardinals go into and they stay within the number. I think they've been really good on the road this year. They've covered in every single road game they've played this year. The Cardinals have. Uh, Kyler Murray's kind of getting into his own here. I think maybe that it's a situation where the Saints win, but you're going to give me 10.5 and, and the fact that it's crossed that 10 flat number. I think the Cardinals stay within that on the road, uh, traveling to New Orleans. It's been a popular one. I've seen a lot of people talking about this game and, and the Cardinals and kind of being that hot side and maybe maybe New Orleans a little bit overvalued. Um, I'm going to stay away from it. I apologize. But yes, Mike, you know what? I, I absolutely, I don't mind it. These mm-hmm. big numbers in the NFL. That's insane. Uh, Chargers, Bears, three words. <laughs> Fuck this game. I'm not watching it. I'm not betting it. I don't even know how to approach it at this point. A Bears team that flat quit on themselves last week. A quarterback who looks like he's never played football. A Charger team incredibly banged up. And an offense that I don't know what they're doing. Mike, straight up, this game may as well not have a number attached to it. I don't think you can play this game. I know, and I was really looking into it earlier, trying to figure out something, trying to figure out a way to play this game. Hey, maybe the Bears find a way at home. They come out strong. They bounce. I I just, there was too much going on, and I tried to talk myself into uh, and actually playing the Chargers just because last 11 road games they've yeah. nine, they're 9 and 2 against the spread this is a team that does not have a home stadium they they do not play they play bad at home they play good on the road uh but overall i just have to pass uh jets jags bengal's rams giants lions i can't bet on any of this i mean jets and jags forget about it i i, I over on that Take me, th- take me through it. I'm o- not touching a side. O- over 41 on that one. I, I think that it's the Jets have to. They're going to go into this game thinking, what the hell happened to our offense against the Patriots? We got to yeah. figure out a way to put some points on the board. Darnold's not this bad. Um, I, I think you're getting a, a, an over under that's a few points too too low. So I'll go over 41 on that and, and expect that both teams find a way to get in the end zone a few times. Now here's a game where to me, I want to bet the underdog. I think the numbers ridiculous. But I can't possibly bring myself to do it because it's the Cincinnati Bengals. Yeah. Now look, they are they are now thirteen and a half point underdogs against the Rams. That is, it's ridiculous. Hasn't this gotten laughable? I mean, it's every week we see this now. Mike, I got to tell you, Cincinnati's given Miami a run for their money. They are a horrible football team. Joe Mixon last week, ten carries for two yards. They don't know how to use them in the passing game. You got A.J. Green, who may never play for this team again. The O-line is bad. The defense is bad. Mike, this is the problem. You bet on a bad team, bad shit happens. Oh, well, I would have covered if there wasn't a pick six. Well, yeah, that's what bad teams do. Yeah. Oh, I would have won if we didn't muff a punt. Well, that's what bad teams do. I know you bet numbers and not teams, and that's what the pros do. And newsflash, I'm not a pro. I'm just telling you, it's Bengals or pass, and I'm passing. That is a horseshit operation in Cincinnati. Oh, it is. It's it's just a crazy point spread, too. Um, It's one of those where... 
I, 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 I just got to stay away from it. I certainly think the Rams obviously win, but that point spread is, I, I have no clue what <coughs> to do me. with it. You, you want one where it, it seems like the smart people have already weighed in? How about this? The New York Giants opened the seven and a half point underdogs. 50% of the bets is generating 80% of the money. Wow. Okay, so 50% equals 20% for the Lions. Yeah. I mean, Mike, that's a hell of a lot of money coming in on the seven-point underdog. Now, look, Jeez. the Giants, to me, that was that was an embarrassment last week. I was so bummed out as a Giant fan and, and, and as somebody who, who thought they would actually win that game and, and cover a three-point line. Uh, the offensive line has been bad. I know Daniel Jones is a rookie. He's going to make mistakes. But, boy, Nate Solder at left tackle is, as Mike Lombardi calls it, a Coke machine. <laughs> um, you know, Sterling Shepard is still not back from very scary concussion symptoms that have now lingered for weeks. Um, Daniel Jones against that Arizona pass rush with Chandler Jones on one side and Terrell, I'm 74 years old, Suggs on the other. It, it looked awful. And then you combine Pat Shermer and weird coaching decisions. Hello, draw play on third and 18 on the last drive of the game. Mike, I have a, I can't do it. Um, I'm a Giants fan. I can't do it. The Lions, to me, should so easily, and I, I, I'm, not, I'm not being, this isn't hyperbole. I, I'm being dead serious with you. The, the Lions should so easily and so badly exploit this giant secondary that I think covering covering seven should be easy. It should. And why isn't this one at least well, ten and a half well, point? Well, I'll, I'll tell you why. Because the Lions aren't that good. Right. See, this is one facet where I think they should be able to do it. But remember, the Lions don't run it. The Lions can't stop the run. If Saquon pops one, if Saquon has a decent day, it sets up a little bit of play action. Mike, then it becomes harder. I'm just saying Matthew Stafford... These Lions receivers against a giant secondary that lining up correctly is a challenge. Yep. With several young players, including DeAndre Baker, playing out there. I just, boy, if you don't cover this number, you are just not very good. But, Mike, I don't know that the Lions are. No. So I'm staying away, but be mindful of the amount of money that is on the Giants here. That, that doesn't happen by accident. Um, Tampa, Tennessee, no thank you. I have no opinion. I have no comment. I want to get to my next play. No, and it's it, let me just quickly give a comment on the Lions-Giants game. It's The Lions have to just priority number one, hey, get to Daniel Jones. Our defensive line has to finally step up. Their offensive line is bad. Get to him, pressure him. Oh, it and, was and, bad. Yeah, and, and unlike last week against Kirk Cousins, actually get to the quarterback. The Lions are have just been a mess. And I'll give you one wacky trend that maybe this is irrelevant, maybe it is actually something, but it's just kind of a trend that I looked at and said, why the hell is it like this? Uh, the Lions, the last six years, in week eight... Absolute middle of the season, basically, are 0 and 6 against the spread their last six years. Do, do with it what you want. Maybe it's absolutely nothing, but the point is get to the middle of the year, kind of slack off a little bit, uh, look ahead. I don't know what it is, but uh, I, it's just a strong pass for me here. All right, quickly. Philly travels to Buffalo. That was a disaster pick for me last week. Awful, total misread, totally terrible job. So there's no way you'd go right back to Philly this week, would you? Think about it, though. They travel to Buffalo, opened as a pick Buffalo minus one and a half. Back against the wall spot for Philly. Better get it. 
Better get it done. Can't fall to three and five. Buffalo probably overrated at five and one. They don't have an impressive passing game, so that should mitigate some of the advantage they have against Philly's secondary. Uh, Mike, is it crazy to think about backing the Eagles on back-to-back weeks based on that disgusting performance on Sunday night? Not crazy. Uh, it, the Eagles, I've gotten burned a couple times this year playing them too. In Buffalo, I, I don't know, man. It's 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 one of those games where. Again, I was kind of trying to talk myself into it, but it, honestly, my the NFL card for me this week is just it's so awful. weird. I'm just passing on a few of these games and, and trying just to not overdo it with these games I because I don't little, like it. Can I build a little case for you? Yeah. Who, who have the Bills played? And you know I love my gritty-gutty Bills, but they played the Jets, horrible. The Giants, horrible. The Bengals, horrible. The Titans, Close to horrible, and the Dolphins, historically horrible. Mm-hmm. The one loss they have, Patriots, right. not horrible. Uh, to me, if the Eagles are any good, and we don't know that they are at this point. See, this is the problem. It's hard to lay—it's yeah, it, it, like boys to men. It's so hard <laughs> to say goodbye. <laughs> I, 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 I want to believe the Eagles are still a good football team, but Jesus. Yep. Um, Mike, I, I can't take the Bills in this spot. I'm going to wait and see what this number does. If this keeps growing— then, then all of a sudden, the Eagles become a play. It's a pass for right now. But this one right here, come on. I mean, en- enough with the Bills here. Jesus. Yeah. No, it passes well. All right. Uh, Oakland-Houston, you got anything? No, another one that I... I it's, hey, the Raiders, I, I know I mentioned them earlier in, the, in terms of the divisional race, but it's, it's another one of those where I, I don't... I can't go into this game and trust Houston to cover it by a touchdown. I think it's six and a half right now what the spread is. Um, Oakland, I've picked a couple times this year. I think they're good enough to kind of keep keep it together in these games and play close. But no, another game, not a, a big opinion on trying to trying to, to cover that many points uh, for Houston. Oakland really screwed up last week. They were going in 14-10. Oakland... I don't know, three, four-yard line. Derek Carr fumbles it through the end zone. Touchback. That's a 14-point swing because the Pack score. Then the Pack get the ball after half. They go down and score. The fucking game's over. Now, all of a sudden, it's 28-10 when it should have been 17-14. Like, that's that's where you know you're dead on the Oakland side of things. But, no, look, Oakland... They're not bad. They just made a couple horrific no. errors. Um, Cleveland, New England. I know you're the guy who always bets New England. It's it was right close here on you. this one, though. You yeah, get, you're getting 13 points. It opened up at 11 and a half. What do you want? <laughs> yeah, it's a, my number one rule is never bet against the Patriots. But I, I can't. I can't understand betting the Browns here. Uh, I'm you not, can. I'm not, I'm not going to do it. But no, I can. I was looking at this one earlier too. It's. The, the Browns. I thought I was the only one. The, the Browns. It's now. Or it's totally just a now or never game for the Browns. They know that they have to step up. They're coming in off the bye week and whatnot. Patriots undefeated. But I think that it's a spot where I could see betting the Browns. Oh my! Um, but but again, I I can't do it. I just. But here's the problem. Look at New England now. How many injuries and how many changes at, at the skill position spot are we going to go through before it starts really hurting them? I mean, Josh Gordon is now done. They acquire Mohamed Sanu, but there's probably no way he plays and plays a big role. Um, you know, Edelman has been banged up. They lost Antonio Brown, got rid of him, whatever you want to call it. Yep. Look, man, th- th- this does get to a point here where you got to start asking some questions. And I'll tell you this, their ground game is not that great. Sonny Michelle last week, 20 carries for 42 yards. Yep. You know, you start looking at the Patriots. Who have they played? Steelers, horrible. 
Dolphins, horrible. Jets, horrible. Bills, not horrible, but 116-10. Redskins, horrible. Giants, horrible. Jets, horrible. Mike, you give me almost two touchdowns with a team that we don't think is good, but they're not horrible. Be the second best team they've played all year. And we got questions about who the hell's lining up at wide receiver. Yep. What can they produce? The Patriot O-line is not what it once was. Certainly missing David Andrews in the middle. Mike, that Brown front is good. The Browns should have beat Seattle. They made a shit ton of mistakes. And the refs made a ton of bad calls. And they still should have won the game. Mike, I actually... I, I tell you, if you're going to oh, do it... Oh, just do it. No. Browns 13. I, no, I don't like this this slate, damn it. Well, I'm not I like, know. It's, you know what this is going to be for me? I'll probably bet the Colts. I'll wait for the number on Seattle. And then I might put in one small parlay yeah. to just include some games that I, I, I don't have no, the uh, total conviction on. And here's the other thing. I have the three total games. Here's the other thing. I can I can buy 13 and a half and make it 14 and a half. And then, and then it becomes a different game for me and have a little fun. Well, I locked in on Monday when it was... Four, no. Ooh, uh, here, here's the thing with the Browns. This game screams more competitive than the spread indicates than people think. Again, it's a desperation spot. It's Browns off a bye. It's Patriots on a short week. It just kind of seems like a spot where the Browns could make this a really competitive game. Never, I, I'll never uh, accuse the Patriots of kind of looking past a team just because of how Belichick is, but I could kind of see this. Alright, last two. Green Bay, KC. KC trotting Matt Moore out there, even though you, you got Mahomes practicing. It'll be a stretch for him to play, according to Andy Reid. Uh, KC at home. It opened up minus four. Obviously, the injury changes things. It's plus three and a half for Kansas City. Mike, you do what you want with it. Like I said, for me, this game screams trouble. I, looks I, too I, easy. Look, Vegas does not like the Packers. Right. When you look at these numbers and look at these lines and you see a team that's 6-1, and one, and you're going, wait, how are they only three-and-a-half-point favorites without a team without the starting quarterback? And it's the same thing with the Raiders. How are they only five-and-a-half-point favorites? Yep. I, Vegas does not like this team. And, I mean, I don't know you're going to make a living betting against them because they've, they've covered the number, but this is a spot where you wonder about that home dog, and if it looks too easy, it is. I'm not, but you can no, it, it does look too easy. I was thinking, oh, I'm going to take Green Bay for sure in this one. But it's like, plus four, could Kansas City, could they find a way to get it together? But I do think that Rodgers is going to do what he does and just kind of find a way to attack that weak secondary that Kansas City has. But spread's too weird for me. Um, last game of the week for me, I, if you think I'm talking Miami-Pittsburgh, you're crazy. No. No thanks. Another it would huge be spread. Carolina-Frisco. Carolina, six-point dog traveling out west. And I actually like Carolina here. Um, to me... I love the fact that we're off the bye week. I love the fact that Christian McCaffrey, who looked like he was getting a little worn down, um, gets that rest. And, and overall, look, the Panthers, they, they really muck it up. They really just they, they find a way to get in these games and grind you. And when, when you look at Carolina, Frisco wants to play the same way. Uh, Frisco wants to line up. They want to run it. They only want to drop back 28, 29 times a game. Uh, Mike, am I crazy? Even though I think Frisco's really, really good, I, I, I have got a real nice feeling here. You're getting six points. I, man, doesn't this, doesn't this look like a good spot for them? 
It does. It, it does. Again, it just kind of scares me overall. I, I've well, I mean, dove into these games and tried to just talk myself into playing a couple that I even didn't want to do. Yeah. And it was another one that I just kind of said, you know what, just stay away from it. Have a, have a smaller card and, and don't buy into some of these trends. But no, I, I absolutely hear what you're saying. I just think it's a game that screams under. Yep. I think if it screams under, you take the team that's getting the touchdown. Yep. Um, Absolutely. I like Frisco. I don't question them. I think Carolina with Kyle Allen has been real. I think McCaffrey has just been the league MVP. The ability to stay close in these games. You're seeing that they have weapons out there with Samuel and DJ Moore and Olsen and McCaffrey. Uh, I'm going to take Carolina, take the points here. I- I'm going to roll with them and grab the six. My limited NFL card. And yep. Look, you want to bust balls? Good for you. You get rich playing this shit this <laughs> week. Um, I'll take Carolina getting the six. I'll take the Colts laying the six. I got to wait and see on Seattle because the number's not available, and I'm going to wait and see on Philly. But I got two NFL plays, four college plays, six total. There you have it. Sully, lay them out. Just the three NFL plays for me Broncos plus six, Cardinals plus 10.5, and and then the Jets game over 41. Just three. Uh, Get your silk robe on for David's sexy stat time and enjoy all the nuggets that will be raining down from the sky. That's right. It's time for another great edition of Sexy Stat Time with The Hatchet Man. Let's first dive into the college ranks. Notre Dame at Michigan. Michigan is favored by a point and a half. Michigan is just 1-9 against top 10 opponents under head coach Jim Harbaugh. But the Wolverines are an impressive 28-4 at home during his tenure. The home team in this series has won four of the last five and seven of the last nine overall. Also, the Wolverines are 6-1 and one in night games in Michigan Stadium history. Notre Dame head coach, however, Brian Kelly, is 0-2 at Michigan Stadium. Let's move over to Wisconsin at Ohio State. Ohio State is favored by 14 points. The Buckeyes have outscored their seven opponents by a combined 348 to 56 and have allowed a total of 35 points in their last six games. They are number one in the Big Ten in scoring offense with 49.7 points per game, rushing offense at 287.1 yards per game, and total offense a whopping 526.7 yards per game. And their defense is number two in the league giving up just eight points per game and total defense, 229 yards per game. They are destroying the Big Ten. Let's go over to a Texas-sized matchup this Saturday, Texas at TCU. This game opened up as a pick'em, but has now moved to Texas at minus two. This Texas defense is on the verge of setting historic marks of futility in their program history. Points per game allowed, 30.7, currently third worst. Total yards per game allowed, 469, currently the worst in program history. Yards per play allowed, 6.42, currently second worst. Rushing yards per attempt allowed, 4.62, that's currently fourth worst. Opponent completion percentage, 63.3, that's currently the worst ever allowed by a Texas defense. And passing yards per game allowed, 310, currently the worst in school history. Let's slide over to Tulane at Navy. 
Navy favored by three and a half points. Tulane boasts the eighth-ranked rushing offense in the Football Bowl subdivision with 267.7 yards per game. Quarterback Justin McMillan and running back Corey Dauphine have 390 and 377 rushing yards, respectively. Dauphine, though, left last week's game with a wrist injury, while backup tailback Darius Bradwell sat out last week with a leg injury, but they are both expected to play on Saturday. Let's move over to the SEC, Auburn at LSU. LSU is favored by 11 points here. The Tigers' offense has been outstanding, but the defense not so much. Power 5 opponents have thrown for an average of 297 yards against them, 7.4 yards per attempt, and 57.9% completion rate. All those numbers are higher than they have been in the past five years. The most eye-opening number, Power 5 teams are converting 45.7% of third downs on passing plays. That's seventh worst among Power 5 teams. Let's move over to the NFL. Redskins at Vikings. Thursday night football. The Vikings are favored by 16 points. And after his slow start, Cousins will look to stay hot Thursday after totaling 976 yards and 10 touchdowns over the past three games. The Vikings defense in that same span is allowing just 17.6 points per game. Let's go over to Seahawks at the Falcons. Seahawks are favored by three and a half points. Dan Quinn in the offseason decided that he didn't need a defensive coordinator, so he took over the defensive play calling. That hasn't gone well. The defense is giving up 31.9 points per game. That's 31st in the NFL. This week, the Falcons head coach decided to give up play calling duties. Could this save his job? Well, he better hope so. The Falcons defense has allowed 223 points, which are the most in the league this season. The Falcons have also allowed the six most yards per game, 387 yards per game. Let's move over to the Browns and the Patriots. I don't want to focus on the Browns here. I just want to focus on one stat here for the New England Patriots' historic defense so far. On deep passes this year, the Patriots' defense has allowed quarterbacks to go just 9 for 49. That's 18% completion rate. 15.9 QB rating. One touchdown and seven interceptions on deep passes. This has been another rousing edition of Sexy Stat Time with The Hatchet Man. All right. Thanks for listening as always, guys. If you could do us a favor, drop a review in there on on iTunes for us. We want to crack a thousand. That's a nice benchmark for a new podcast. And certainly subscribe and pass along the word. And we hope at a minimum this is uh, informational and entertaining. And maybe at a maximum you win a little bit of money. So we'll be back with you next week. And hopefully the card looks a lot better. Because my God, this is a bad week NFL football. We'll talk to you next week. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with h track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. 
Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 